You're listening to the Growth Experts Podcast. So if you're looking to 10X your business by learning proven growth strategies, you're in the right place. During my interviews with top CEOs, entrepreneurs, and marketers, I dig deep to uncover the real strategies, hacks, and tools to help you achieve your goals. And I'm your host, Dennis Brown. In the last episode, Virginia Salas Castillo shares how she bootstrapped her influencer marketing company from startup to just under a million dollars in sales in less than a year. Hi, everyone. Today, we have an amazing guest. Mark Mawinney is a lifelong entrepreneur who's on a mission to help coaches build successful businesses. He's the host of a very popular podcast called Natural Born Coaches, as well as one of the owners of the most active Facebook groups for coaches that I've ever seen called The Coaching Jungle. He's been featured on numerous podcasts, including EO Fire, one of my favorites, as well as Entrepreneur.com. Welcome to the show, Mark. Hey, thanks for having me, Dennis. Yeah, I'm so excited. Is there anything that I missed that you might want to add to that quick intro? Well, what you're supposed to say, because you've done, what, 20 million in sales on LinkedIn or something, you're supposed to say, Mark, I made every penny because of you. Thank you so much. <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. Exactly. People would be crazy not to hire you, Mark. Actually, I'm not a LinkedIn guy. You're, if you want to know LinkedIn, talk to Dennis. I'm more of a Facebook and email marketing and stuff like that. But, you know, I'm on LinkedIn. I'm just, I'm not like you on LinkedIn. Yeah, you know, I followed you a lot over the last few years. You know, we met a few years ago. And I got to be honest, I'm a fan. I've been watching. I'm not one of those guys that's super active in your groups, although I'll be in and out. But um, after watching you for the past few years, I've noticed three things that I wanted to mention to you during this interview, because I've never shared this with you. And that is, number one, you do an amazing job with your Facebook group, The Coaching Jungle. I mean, you pour, you. you pour your heart and soul into that group, and I know they really appreciate it. That's number one. Number two is you are as consistent as they come. I mean, day after day, you just show up and deliver. And the third thing is, you know, what I really appreciate probably the most out of all of that that I've learned in the last few years from you is you're not afraid to take risks, try new things so that you can stand out from the crowd. Because we, we both know it's a crowded, crowded, noisy place out there and it's not easy to stand out, but you do an amazing job. So oh, it's no you. wonder that you have such a successful coaching business. And it's getting noisier out there every every day. I was about to say every year, but every day you get more people jumping into the online space. But you know, the thing that I always remind people, Dennis, is it may seem like there's a lot of competition out there because every Tom, Dick, or Harry is a coach or they're doing whatever online. I would say probably 20% of online entrepreneurs take it seriously like you and I do and put the effort into it. And 80% or more entrepreneurs, they're just, they're not putting much into it. So it looks like it's crowded, but it's really not. Yeah. You know, you, you, the top producers obviously stand out from the crowd. What I, a stat that I heard not long ago that really blew me away is that coaching is a $2 billion a year industry. Yeah, it's crazy. And it's grown so much. I've been doing, I'm just entering into my fifth year now as we're recording this, but uh, it's changed a lot, even from when I started. When I started, it just, um, I still get some weird looks locally when people say, what do you do? And I say, I'm a coach. They think, what do you mean sports or whatever? Because I'm in the East Coast of Canada. Coaching's growing here, but it's not like it is in other places. But the good thing is I work online. All my clients are from away. 
And I like it that way. <laughs> I'm not stuck in my sandbox, but it's definitely changed a lot in the last four or five years. And I think we're just seeing the tip of the iceberg. I think it's going to be very uh, spread out and very mainstream in 10 years time. People aren't going to be saying, what the heck's a coach? Yeah, the internet, social media, and all the technology that changed a lot of businesses. And I imagine coaching is one of those for sure. So, you know, as we jump into this interview, you know, one way I like to start these is to be a little bit different. And that is if you, you know, share with me, you know, let's say, for example, share with me something that people may not know about you, right? Something that they wouldn't know about you just from being a part of your podcast or your Facebook groups. Like, for example, you know, I'm a, black belt in judo. I'm an instructor. I help coach and teach my daughter and her judo team. But what about you? I have an identical twin brother. I don't know if you knew that. A lot of people don't know that. Yeah. So I have a brother, Matt, who um, he he edits podcasts. That's his business. So he handles my show and a lot of other big shows. And he, um, we've gotten some strange looks because of course, Matt is a, it's four letters, just like Mark. He doesn't have the facial scruff, so no beard. And his hair is kind of spikier. So he looks a little different. We look more like brothers, but we sound identical. So if he hopped on here right now, you probably wouldn't know the difference. So I've had a few people say, gee, I saw somebody online. I thought it was you, but then no, it's not you. And I'm like, yeah, it's my twin brother. But he's not like me. He's he's a little more behind the scenes. He likes doing it that way. He's got a very successful business doing what he does with podcast editing, but he's not going out on shows to be interviewed and he's not cranking out content or anything like that. He, he has a good business. He's happy doing what he's doing. So yeah, I have an identical twin brother. I sat on his head for nine months. Awesome. That's, that's amazing. So yeah, that I like to start out that way because again, there's two things I really like to focus in on is kind of figuring out a few things that make you different. But then also the second part here is, you know, as you may or may not know, a big part of this show and these interviews is that we focus in on the exact growth strategies that you use to build your business. So my question is, if you had to pick one, just one strategy that you could use to get new coaching clients that built your, you know, to help you build your business, what would it be and why? That's a great question because I have really three legs of the table, I guess you could say that I that I depend on and each of them are important, but I mean, just just for reference, I'll let you know the three ones are podcasting. So that's on both sides of the mic. Me with my, I have two podcasts. And then, of course, doing shows like this as a guest. So I've got podcasting. I've got Facebook and especially that Facebook group, as you mentioned, the coaching jungle. And then the third way is email marketing. I do daily emails to my list. But if I had to choose between the three of them, I'd probably say podcasting. And the reason I would say that is if you do daily email marketing, it's not going to do any good if you have zero people on your list or very few people. And the same goes with Facebook as well. But with podcasts, that's really what got my name out there in the beginning, starting in 2014. Uh, my show, which you thank you, you've been a guest on Natural Born Coaches. I did it that daily for the first 300 days. So 300 straight episodes. And that really helped credibility. It got a bunch of people onto my email list and into my world. It was really important for helping grow the Facebook group in the early days as well. So a lot of my stuff wouldn't be where it's at now if not for podcasting. So bang for your buck, ROI, I can't think of anything that's much better. If I were just starting out again today, I would, well, I would start a podcast as well, just like I did, but I would get out on as many shows as I possibly could. I think my first year I got out on the close to 100 shows as a guest, and that was a really important thing. Wow. So let's unpack that a little bit because I agree with you. As you know, you know, growth experts, this podcast is new and I've been sitting on it for a couple of years and that was a huge mistake. So 
I agree with you wholeheartedly that podcasting is an amazing platform and I'm literally addicted to podcasting. I listen to yours as well as many, many others, but you're in the cult. You're part of the cult now, the podcasters. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And and secondly, being a guest on shows. So let's unpack that a little bit because a lot of times you hear about how podcasting doesn't, it's hard to convert it into business, into revenue, into clients, right? Because there's right. that audio, you know, you're not typically online listening to it. And there's that little bit of a break there, you know, which is, you know, the good and bad of podcasting. So can you unpack that a little bit on how you've been able to either on the podcast side where you're the host and or the guest or both, how you've been able to convert those podcasts into, let's call it inquiries, leads, clients. Can you try to unpack that for us a little bit? Sure. Well, the mistake a lot of people make is they're missing part of the equation. They think, okay, well, I'll start a podcast or I'll go be a guest out on shows, but then they don't have a business on the back end or a way to monetize it. So you could go on a thousand shows. If you don't have a strong call to action, you don't have your business set up or anything like that, it's not going to make a difference. So I think, unfortunately, too many people think that, oh, the magic solution is let's start a podcast and it'll, it'll be a money tree in the backyard. And it's only part of the equation. So you have to have a business set up in the back end or don't bother starting a podcast. Don't do it for a hobby. I know there's some people that have Star Wars podcasts and they're into cars and stuff like that. If you and, and wine, if you really love stuff like that, I guess you could do it, not monetize it. But I think for the anyone listening to this show, you're going to obviously want to monetize your podcast. So you have to have your business set up. And the main ways that I use the podcast to go. When I started Natural Born Coaches, my only offering was one-on-one -on -one coaching. And that was, um, I think I got my first client six weeks into it, but that was doing seven shows a week in the early stages. So I did all over 40 shows before I got my first client from it. So some people say, oh, gee, six weeks, that's not too bad to get your first client. Yeah, I did about a year's worth of shows if it was a weekly show. But you have to have a very clear call to action with it. For mine, it was one-on-one -on -one coaching when I got started. And I think that a lot of businesses could incorporate coaching in there and they could add coaching even if that's not what they do. Mostly, and I think coaching can be an easy sell, easier sell than what, what do most people do when they start. They think, oh, well, I'm going to sell a thousand eBooks at 10 bucks or I'm going to sell so many spots in a membership community at only $20. It's going to be an easy sell. And a lot of times those $20 sales are more difficult than a thousand dollar or a couple thousand dollar coaching package. So me personally, I'm a big fan of having that um, very clean, clear offer and coaching was it for me. But it's very difficult when you're just going to start and you don't have that big network to sell all these little $10 items. I think personally, I like going the other way. I think it's easier to get a thousand dollars of coaching revenue, for example, than to sell a hundred eBooks at 10 bucks. Sure. So so if I'm reading between the lines, what you did was you set up your podcast and I'm, and I'm assuming early days of your podcast was doing interviews as well, right? A lot of interviews. Yeah. So I have two podcasts, Natural Born Coaches. As we're recording this, I've done, I think I've released 536 episodes as of today. So that's always been interview based. Uh, out of those 500 and some shows, I've done maybe five solo shows. The rest have been with guests. The other podcast, which I launched in November 2017, is called The Mark Mawinney Show. I went with a very original name there. I want to get crazy with that. <laughs> so uh, that one's my solo podcast. That's just me talking about business and, and different things, uh, teaching there. And that is um, just solo. There's not going to be any guests on it. And really, I started that podcast primarily to grow my email list 
with people who wouldn't normally come into my world just from the coaching podcast. Sure. And it's done, it's done the job so far. Yeah. So with the um, natural bone coaches, what you did is you interviewed interesting guests, people that maybe are coaches or experts in and around, you know, building a business. And then you tapped into their audiences as a way to build awareness for yours. And then a lot of those listeners became your first one-on-one coaching clients. That's right. And if anyone ever tunes into the show, you'll see with Natural Born Coaches, I always basically sponsor my own show. I got a 30-second ad on there. And right now it's from my print newsletter, Secret Coach Club. And I've got a lot of subscribers through the podcast. That's where they heard about it. That's a $97 a month recurring product or offering that I have. So yeah, I mean, you can, uh, the options are endless, but the way that you mentioned it, it's a great way to do it because you're, you're leveraging yourself with another person's network, which could be a huge network. I've had some really big guests on the show. Suddenly I'm getting out in front of a bunch of people who wouldn't have known who I was. Yeah, absolutely. So, all right, great. So if I basically, you would start a podcast, tap into other people's audiences, make a clear offer. And what you did rather than having sponsorships of other people's, you know, marketing other people's products or services is you put a commercial in there for yourself, which is what promoted your one-on-one coaching. And then that's how you started getting your first clients. Awesome. Yeah. I used to have, so I used to make the mistake that many podcasters make. I was looking for sponsors. People are way too hung up on sponsors. They think they're going to get these people paying big bucks. And I had a sponsor on the show for, I don't know, a couple weeks. And I just, uh, it was too much hassle work and stuff. And frankly, I can make more money selling my own stuff than the money I'd get from the sponsors. So my recommendation would be don't worry about sponsors, do your own thing there and and spot your own thing in for 30 seconds. Yeah. So leverage that group and leverage that time to market your own product or service or coaching. Yeah, exactly. Perfect. Awesome. All right. So let's transition into the, into some questions from my audience. You know, I put a, a post out on LinkedIn, as you know, I'm a big LinkedIn guy and asking for some questions from other coaches or people that are considering being a coach. And I got a response from one of my connections called, his name is Paul Gower. He's a Kanban coach, which I really didn't know what that was, and is an owner at Lunamark. And he had a couple of interesting questions that I want to see if I could share with you and get some feedback. So his first one is, he says, imposter syndrome is a real struggle of mine. Do you have any tips on how to handle that? Well, I mean, full disclosure, I don't know what the heck a Conbar coach is or whatever. And I've interviewed a lot of coaches. So there you go. We're talking about imposter syndrome and stuff. If I let that bother me, I would think, oh my God, I've done a podcast, you know, and for coaches and I don't know what the heck it is. Paul's going to hate me, right? Um, <laughs> so what I would say, uh, there's a little bit of fake it till you make it. And uh, I'm not saying that you don't improve during that time or whatever. You you always want to be improving your skills and stuff. but you have to remember that nobody's perfect. It's easy in the online world to compare ourselves to others and to think that everyone else is an expert. He probably already has what he needs and he's probably well ahead of a lot of other people who are in that world as well. So you do have to just get out there and there is a bit of fake it till you make it. But as time goes on, if you're doing some things like we talk about podcasting and other stuff, your skills are going to catch up really quickly and, and you can learn a lot. I look at a year ago where I was at even, and I've come a long ways in every year, a completely different person and my skills are a lot better as well. So that would be my first step is you just, is more to take action. Don't overthink it. Way too many coaches are perfectionists. They want everything to be perfect and they always want to keep planning and strategizing and all this other stuff instead of just getting out there and doing it. And that's the only way that you're going to improve. Yeah. 
you know, one of my early mentors told me that what he, the way he framed it was act as if. Act yeah. as if you've already made it. Act as if you're already making six figures or you've already got a successful business, even when you don't. So I agree with you there. And, you know, that term fake it till you make it sometimes has some negative connotations, but I get your point. I think you're spot on. So what are a few things? This is a second question that Paul had. What are a few things you would recommend people do before starting a coaching business? Well, it makes it a lot easier if you can coach something that you're already well versed at that you've been doing. So not saying that you have to, so some people want to go into something completely different. Let's say they're, they've been doing some sort of business and they're burnout and they're sick and tired. Perfect example, me, I did real estate for a decade before coaching and I got burnout and I'm like, man, I don't, people say, oh, gee, you should be coaching real estate agents stuff because you did that for years. I have worked with real estate agents and some real estate investors stuff to help them with their coaching business when they're becoming coaches. I have no desire to be in the real estate world anymore because I did it for years and, and frankly, I don't want to do it. So, um, but I would say if you could pick something in your background, the learning curve will be a lot less steep. And pretty much everybody has that in their background, something that they've done that they're really good at, that they know inside out. That'll give you a huge head start as a coach because you're not going to have to learn something completely new from scratch. You have all these years of experience and it's a very easy transition into coaching. So I would look in your background, see if there's something in that experience that can be um, morphed and tweaked into changing into a, uh, something you can offer as a coach. Yeah. Something you have some relevant experience with obviously makes a lot of sense for sure. Hard to go out there and start coaching people on things that you've never actually done yeah. or, or have the skill set for. So I agree with you there. So during my research, you know, I noticed obviously on your LinkedIn profile, because I spent a lot of time there. Your headline is, I help coaches get more clients without paid advertising. And there's a big emphasis on that. Can you unpack that for me a little bit? The emphasis on, you know, on no paid advertising and the distinction there? Sure. Well, I will say that I went through a number of versions of my elevator pitch before I settled on this one. So when I first started working specifically with this niche. And I said, I'm only going to work with coaches. I had some bricks and mortar clients, but I wasn't enjoying that as much. So I'm only going to work with coaches. The first one was um, something boring as heck was like, I help coaches grow successful businesses or something like that. And then um, I changed it to, I help uh, down the road, I help coaches get more clients. But I got thinking about it and everything I do is organic. It's not paid advertising. I'm not teaching that. So I further differentiated myself to say, Hey, look, you know, I help coaches get more clients without paid advertising. There's lots of people out there that are like, Hey, I'll help you get paid advertising. You hire the coach and like, okay, well, you're going to need to spend 10,000 bucks on Facebook ads or do whatever with Google or whatever. My stuff's all organic. So I think that's really important. Whatever you decide on that, you can spit it out and it rolls off your tongue and it lets people know what you do. I call it your barbecue pitch. So I say it's the same as if Dennis, you're in a backyard barbecue and I don't know you, I approach you and I got a hot dog and beer and I say, yeah, so what do you do, Dennis? And you want something that you can just spit out. It just rolls right off the tongue and it lets me know what you do and hopefully invites further conversation. Unfortunately, most coaches do one or two things. They, their eyes glaze over and they're not sure exactly how to say what they do or they get into a five minute speech <laughs> about it. And then my eyes glaze over and I'm going to the other end of the, the backyard to find someone else to talk to. So I think it's something that should be very short, concise, interesting, spit it out in one sentence. And that's mine. Yeah. So what I love about that is how you've dis differentiated yourself 
without paid advertising. And, you know, one of the things that I think people are really focused in on these days is scale, right? Scaling your business. You hear it all over the place. But my background and experience in doing coaching and consulting around LinkedIn is that, you know, you don't need hundreds of clients in order to make a heck of a good living as a coach. And so, you know, the paid advertising is great. I've done paid advertising. I've been, you know, it's been good to me. But the reality is, is that I love to do organic as well on LinkedIn, just like you do organic, you know, more through your podcast and through your Facebook group. So, you know, I think there's a lot to be said about organic marketing where you're doing it yourself. And, you know, the great thing about paid, the good and bad about paid advertising is that, yes, you can get leads that way, but it changes so rapidly. All of a sudden your lead cost might go, you know, might go up by tenfold. And then all of a sudden you don't have a productive ad and now you have no leads coming in. But if you build an organic system, I think that's something that has a lot more longevity. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah. Well, the problem with paid advertising, not to knock it, I'm actually going to be doing more of it this year. So I've got some campaigns planned out, but the problem with paid advertising, especially in the early days, is you get a little bit lazy. You don't get that practice creating the content that comes with posting a lot. Me with my Facebook, especially Facebook, I'm posting could be upwards of 10 times a day between my personal my fan page, my group, you know, my group alone, I'm posting three to four times a day. And then I do daily emails as well. There, you know, it could be 300 words, 400 words each, depending. So I'm getting a lot of practice. That's a, it, and I enjoy writing. I love writing and I also enjoy videos. So I'll do a lot of Facebook lives and stuff. But I had to do that when I started out beginning of 2014, because I was coming off a business closure just a few years before that. I had a shoestring budget. I say a dental floss budget, not even shoestring. So I didn't have all this money to throw into ads. I had to make up for that with the organic efforts, you know, the energy from that. And I'm actually thankful that I did because if I was sitting on a huge war chest, it wouldn't have forced me to create as much content that I did and get as good as I got with that. So it actually turned out to be a blessing. Yeah, absolutely. You are definitely a content machine. I've been following you, like I said before, between your emails and your Facebook groups and your Facebook lives and all the things you put out there. I mean, you, you've really hustled. And so you've earned every, every dollar you've earned as a coach. So, so it's about time to wrap up, but before we go, you know, Mark, could you share one final piece of advice or guidance to people that are looking to get started as a coach and then tell them a little bit about how they can find more information about you? Oh, one piece of guidance, trying to think in a short sound by what I would tell somebody just starting out for coaches. This is something that came up in a group call Zoom with clients of mine earlier today. My recommendation is to not do any free coaching. And I know that flies in the face. There's some popular trainers and, and people in the coaching world that say that you should be giving away your coaching. Do these two-hour marathon coaching sessions and just give, give, give value. And people, they'll love you for it and they'll hire you and they'll send a lot of business to you. My experience, that's not the way to do it. So I hate to see coaches burning themselves out with these free sessions and um, you got to treat it like a business. So I don't do any free coaching. When I talk with somebody in a discovery call, strategy call, it's 30 minutes max. And it's more to see, hey, is, is this a good fit for me to help them going further? I'll still give them value. I want them to get something from the call, but I'm not doing free coaching. And I think, unfortunately, a lot of coaches take that approach. Oh, I'll do free coaching in the beginning just till I get that experience and get my name out there. Then I'll start charging. But they end up burning themselves out and they often end up becoming resentful because they're not getting paid for what they're doing. And it just doesn't work out well for the coach or for the client. The client doesn't treat it seriously if they're not invested in it either. So 
my suggestion is not do free coaching. Instead of doing a bunch of free coaching sessions, spend your time finding people who will pay you for what you do at it because what you're doing is you deserve to be paid. Skin in the game. That's what they call it, right, Mark? You got to have some skin in the game. Oh, you do. So to to find me, bestspotsnaturalborncoaches.com, that's the main website, or the Facebook group, which you mentioned, is called The Coaching Jungle. If you go to thatcoachingjungle.com, that'll forward you there. Awesome. I want to thank you, Mark, for joining me today and have an awesome day. You too. Thanks, Dennis. Listeners, I want to thank you for tuning in. I truly appreciate your time. If you're enjoying the podcast, then do me a huge favor. Click the subscribe button now and please leave me a review. It would mean a lot to me.